Warning! This episode contains foul language, discussions of death and the afterlife, potentially triggering sound effects, and is best enjoyed in the dark with a set of headphones. for all things strange and unusual, the things that go bump in the night, the creatures that lurk in the woods, and the what the heck is the government doing to our food? Each week, we get to sit down and chat about something weird, and this week is the first episode of season five. That's right, we're starting our fifth year with you guys, and it simultaneously feels like we just started the show and like we've always been doing the show like we live in the Overlook Hotel and we've always been the caretakers. <laughs> Today we have a fan favorite episode, so you're going to want to burn some sage, light some white candles, and sit in a protective circle of salt, because today we are reading listener ghost stories. My name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hello weirdos. And we're ready to get scared. Yay, spooky ooky. Welcome back to season five. Hey guys, hey. Wow, it's nice to be talking again. Literally. I know. Seriously. You hadn't been talking for a long time anyway due to your own mouth struggles, but also it's just so nice to be back after a little two-month hiatus. Yeah, Lauren and I haven't really spoken but one short time since our last recording because it was like Christmas time and holidays and then I immediately went into my oral surgery nightmares. Oh, a true nightmare. (laughs) I talked about briefly on uh, last month's Patreon episode and I'll I'll talk about, I think think we're going to do a teeth episode coming up so I'll go into detail but I really like spent most of my month just like eating pudding. And having very short conversations with Joe. Yeah, because when you're that uncomfortable, you're truly just like, don't talk to me. Don't Don't make me me move my tongue in certain ways. Like everything feels like it's fire inside my mouth. Everything hurts. Everything hurts and I'm sad. Yeah, and I, you know, we had several like podcasts that we were going to be guests on and I just couldn't do because I couldn't talk. I might even still sound weird. I don't know. I can't (laughs) notice it at all. Okay, good. I was like, if you have any sort of impediment, I can't pick up on it at all. Good deal. Um, Yeah. So um, it's been a while for anyone wondering, hey, ladies, how was your hiatus? It was horrible. Oh, boy. Um, Guys, it wasn't good. It was horrible on so many levels. And Mm -hmm. I honestly, I'm just glad it's over. (laughs) I know. Me too. I feel like us recording the podcast is the life-giving thing that we both need right now because everything seemed to go wrong. We both were like, we're going to be so productive. We had all these little side projects we wanted to do involving our podcast, you know, just like getting more organized, getting like things put together that we just hadn't really spent the time on, guesting on other podcasts. We we were just going to get so much done, but also live like this happy little vacation life. And then everything truly went to shit, like just the worst. Yeah. Um, nothing, none of it happened. So 
We're back. Um, <laughs> we're back, though. We're here. Yeah. Did you want to share a little about your, like, horrible mouth struggles? No. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to tell the story. No. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I feel like most of our listeners know anyway because they've asked because you were like, I can't speak. So you all probably know. But she had some surgeries, guys. I had a couple surgeries. Um I have a fake tooth in my mouth right now, which is why I still sound weird. They're not done yet either. I actually wanted to like say something about season five of the show too before we start the season. Like for those of you who have been with us for years, you know we take a hiatus every year. We take maybe like one break throughout the season. Uh, but other than that, if it's Friday, there's a new episode, and yeah. the episodes are never late. Uh, I can count on like one hand, probably two fingers of one hand, how many times an episode has been late. Um, This season may be a little bit different. Obviously, my goal, my dream is to release a new episode every Friday. But because of the disaster that was hiatus and because of my ongoing surgeries, we will be releasing new episodes as often as we can. And they'll be released on time as often as we can release them on time. So I just wanted to thank you guys in advance for being gracious with us and continuing to support us through kind of a rough time. Both of us having kind of a rough time. So we love you guys and appreciate your patience and still loving us even when things aren't exactly (laughs) as we want them to be. But yeah, I mean, I think that is a good thing to say. Like, you don't know what's going to be coming up with surgeries and like, who knows if we're going to, you know, one of us may move to a new city at some point yeah. this year. That's been thrown out there. Life is going to happen. We just know it. A- 2021 is going to throw curveballs. So it's going to be a weird year. I mean, it's already, hey, it's March again today. So that's cool. That's Isn't fine. That crazy. That's Guys, fine. how are we here when March was yesterday? Didn't this pandemic just start and we all had to go into lockdown? Oh, wait, no. That was one year ago. Friday, March 13th was the last day I worked my job. Yeah, same. That was the last day I taught a music class, like normally. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is so weird to think that that's like that's coming on up in less than two weeks. Did not I think I would still be here, but no, it's wild, guys. Um, And speaking of hiatus sucking, I did want to say one thing really quick, Um, especially I feel like it goes along with why if anyone's like tagged me in anything on Facebook or on Instagram, I feel like I've seen a couple things here and there. You guys are always so kind to show me ocean creatures that I don't want to see. <laughs> and if I haven't been responding, it's because I've been a little out of it. Um, My good friend Ryan lost his battle to pancreatic cancer last week at the young age of 36. It's horrible. It's so sad. He was Alex's, my husband's first friend in LA and his best friend in the entire world. And even myself meeting Ryan nine years ago, when Alex and I started dating, he quickly became a best friend of mine too. And in the last few years, him and his wife, also named Ashley, have become like family. Like they are just part of the Los Angeles family. They used to be our neighbors. So we would truly see them like almost every single day. And it just sucks. It sucks big time. Cancer is the worst. I've just, I've kind of been in a fog. I don't even still fully know how to process it. And on top of it, Alex is out of town in Shanghai right now for work, which is a whole nother crazy story. So I'm alone and it's just a lot, but I really want to bring him up because he was part of our community. It's so upsetting to me that we had to lose a weirdo of all people. He was one of us. He loved ghost stories and really 
any kind of paranormal occult talk That's literally in all I've ever talked to him about. Yeah. I've he met loves him several it. times and all we talked about was ghosts. <laughs> He's like, gosh, yeah, he was always like, oh, I have stories. Like he'd want to bring up all the stories he had. His dad was also always really sensitive. So he'd like tell stories about his dad. But he had quite a few experiences through his life. And even what's really crazy is after he got his cancer diagnosis, he saw a lot more and felt like he sort of had a guardian angel, he almost called it, like nothing evil was ever appearing but he seemed to always have people kind of watching over him and checking on him in his room after he got his diagnosis and started chemo so that's really interesting and um he's actually the other person in my husband's one and only ghost story that he submitted back in season one I was gonna if you say guys it was remember a long time ago <laughs> forever ago so everyone's probably forgotten or else like has not even gone back that far but my sweet Alex who is Mr. Skeptic and like hates all things scary submitted a ghost story of a time him and Ryan thought they saw a ghost in their cruise ship room like they were in one of those interior really dark rooms they both thought they saw a ghost at like 3 a.m it's long story short um Alex was the skeptic in the story but Ryan was the believer and funny enough, as Alex was saying goodbye to Ryan just last week on his deathbed, which is something you shouldn't have to do at this young of an age, mm-hmm. um, Alex sweetly said, well, when you get to the afterlife, just let me know, confirm to me in some way that you find out if that cruise ship ghost was real. <laughs> and Ryan, like barely even awake, like barely even able to lift his head off his pillow, says, Brother, I don't need to go confirm it. I know that that ghost was real. <laughs> and they had their final laugh together over the cruise ship ghost, which just makes me, it makes me smile from ear to ear, even through all of the tears and all of the pain. So I just, I loved that story so much. And Ryan was always a supporter of the podcast, and he even came to one of our few live shows. He came to the one in North Hollywood, and he always complained about driving to the valley because he lived on the west side. <laughs> And he wasn't feeling good from chemo, but he still came. And I remember thinking that was so sweet. He's very kind, generous, stubborn, hardworking, whole lot of fun, and he'll be missed. So I just want to give him some love and a shout out. Um, And just to say to all of our listeners out there, I feel like a few of you have reached out to us before and actually said you yourselves are battling cancer or someone very close to you is. So just know we're also sending love to you. We're with you. We're fighting with you. And fuck cancer. Seriously. Cancer is really hard and so young. So young. Yeah. Oh, 36. And like was in such good health before he found out about this, like worked out every day, ate so well. So it just it's like it truly shows it can happen to anybody when you're least expecting it. Yeah. And anyway, he, his daughter just turned one, right? Oh, yes. She just had her first birthday yeah. days before he died, which he made it a goal. He wanted to make it to her birthday and his wife's birthday and he did both of those sort of he actually died on his wife's birthday which is even crazier shocking but he did make it he did make it he died the morning of so he kept his promise but yeah just just way too young and very sad that his daughter won't get to grow up with him but his legacy will be carried on by all of his friends and family and will never let little larkin forget him (sighs) oh man yeah Before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to patrons who joined us since we went on hiatus. Thank you guys so much to um, Kaylee Kelly, Samantha, Ben Velker, Maxine, Meg Neal, Adriana Oliveros, Jim Barr, 
Aaron Gerdes, Ali Algarate, Mindy, Shaylee Portland, and Leslie Gamble. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to all of our patrons. You're what continue to make this show possible. Um, thank you to everyone who reviews our show on iTunes and all of our followers on social media as well. You continue to allow us to create this show that we love so much and you guys make it all possible. So for anyone who wonders like what, what can you do to help us or ensure the show continues on? Um, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. You can rate our show five stars on iTunes. You can follow us on social media at keep it weird cast and obviously just spread the word. And yeah, so yes. thank you guys that we love you guys. Thank you. Joined our Patreon. All right, so let's get into ghost stories. Um, yes, please. <laughs> if this is your first rodeo, listener ghost stories are real life scary stories sent in by you, the listener, and some random internet friends. And if you ever have a strange experience that you would like to share about ghosts, aliens, glitches in the Matrix, or even the scariest thing of all people, send them to us at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We have so many people, I just have to say, who like will message us on Instagram or Facebook and say, oh, I've had this story in my back pocket, but I, didn't, I just didn't feel like you guys would be interested. We're or always interested. A good. Hush. You send it to us immediately. <laughs> <Send it> to <laughs> Don't us. question it. We love getting emails from you. We love getting DMs from you. Even if we're not able to read it on the show for whatever reason, yeah. we're still going to respond to you and chat about it because we love these stories. So please Please yeah, suggest for sure. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, episode worthy, right? You know, just just send us a message anyway. We just kind of like to. We're lonely. Yeah, we need friends. <laughs> <laughs> we're the barrier. Uh, Hit us up. <laughs> yeah, seriously, send us the stories. I'm I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna do a really short one. Okay, I'm gonna start with a really short one that I love. The storyteller is anonymous but did suggest, um, and I thoroughly agree, that we give a shout-out to their nana, Edna. For oh, Edna. Without her, this story is not possible. <laughs> Already obsessed. Love, Edna. So, Anonymous says, My nana, my great-grandma, and my mom were very close, but lived overseas from one another my whole life. They talked on the phone every Sunday, but because it was an international call, it was extremely expensive. So they took turns calling every Sunday at 8 a.m. to make the cost equal. However, due to a four-minute difference in clocks, Nana always ended up calling at 8.04. Also, for some reason, the caller ID never showed up when she called. My mom called on a Sunday, but Nana died on a Tuesday. The following week, we're sitting at the table eating breakfast, and my mom notices it's 7.50 a.m., and Nana would have been calling any minute. She gets emotional, and I comfort her. Then at 8.04 a.m., the motherfucking phone rings. No. The caller ID does show up. It reads, unknown caller. So we look at each other like, is this some sort of sick joke? Oh, my God. She answers the phone. And there's nothing but static at the other line, and some garbled voice recording, and the only decipherable words in it are... We hope you enjoy your trip to paradise. Click. (gasps) No way! The phone cuts off. Absolutely no explanation for that one, and it still baffles me to this day. Oh, 
The only explanation is that it was sweet Edna calling. I know. These stories, here's the thing. These stories are abundant. People receiving strange phone calls after the death of a loved one. And obviously could be a total, total coincidence, um, as could the endless amounts of other stories I've heard. But, And we talk about this on the show all the time. If a spirit would contact you from the other side electronically is probably how they would do it, especially through electricity and radio waves, because Mm -hmm. these things are naturally occurring phenomenon in our world. Like we sort of, we've sort of known about electricity since Egyptian times. Like that's kind of when they found out about like static electricity. And we've obviously known that we could harness it since Ben Franklin had his key, but it's existed before we existed. Yeah, true. And radio waves are the same. We just found them and figured out how to use them to our advantage. There's probably more yeah. ways we could use electricity, natural I know, we electricity. we just have no idea. Yeah, we just haven't figured it out yet. So if after we die, we become something else, it would be a form of energy. And it would make sense that that form of energy would use another natural form of energy. So flickering sure. lights, TVs turning on and off, phone calls. These are all things reported by people who have had loved ones pass and it yeah. just that just makes sense to me it does make sense like it electricity would be the way to communicate it would be like the way that the energy could get through and it seems like that's the way most otherworldly things choose so it makes a lot of sense yeah but man to be that punctual at 804 <laughs> i know <laughs> oh edna that's so sweet i like that i know that's one of those things where it's like maybe it is a coincidence but even if it is like thanks universe because that was nice we needed that little nod (laughs) that was a nice clearly the family wanted that in that moment or needed it so that's special yeah so thank you anonymous for letting us read your story and and shout out to nana edna big shout out to edna we love her Fun fact about my stories that I have today, they're all from listeners in other countries, which I thought was really fun. It just totally happened by accident, too. I was going through my emails and was like, well, wait a hot second. I'm pretty sure Anonymous from the last story has to be from another country because they refer to their mom as mum. Ah, yes. So... Like, we're on the same page, like, as usual. (laughs) We are always synced in some way, and I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, to be honest, the first story I'm about to read, I, through my research, I believe that she's from England, but please write in, correct me if I'm wrong. This is from Becky, but she says the word Lou, which I believe is English, and I did a little research on her Facebook because she's in our group. Research as in stalking. I totally stalked yeah. her, but she actually doesn't have a lot available. She's protecting herself, okay, which is good, but I believe she's from England, <laughs> but she said I could use her name, so I'm not being that creepy. Her and her husband, Lee, both follow us. So, Becky, f- we- Oh, sorry. Yes! Um, bleep that out. I don't know if we can use that. Yes, I know. That's why I didn't say her last name, but yes, Rebecca f- She's a, one yeah. of our like most participating weirdos, yeah. so I know she both. wrote in. I recognize both of their names. Yes. Okay, so from Becky and Lee in England, Becky says, My husband and I went to stay with a few friends who both live in the same town, but at different houses. They know each other well as they used to live together, but now are in their own spots. First, we stayed at Bob's house. She changed the names in the story. First, we stayed at Bob's. He told us that in his house, there lived the spirit of an old woman who would forever turn switches and lights off. It's what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. 
Um, He made jokes about it and said it was sweet but frustrating. (laughs) He talked about this woman for some time, telling us all sorts of stories about things she had done, but I don't even remember all the details now. What I do remember is not sleeping well in the house at all that night. I felt like something was watching me and that I wasn't alone. I didn't feel there was something particularly evil out there, but I also didn't feel settled either. These feelings could have simply been from listening to a ghost story right before bed, and my imagination was getting away from me. Who knows? But the second night, we visited Sue's house and stayed with her. Bob wasn't with us, and we didn't talk to Sue about the previous night's story at all. In fact, I don't think we discussed anything remotely spooky. Before I continue, I just want to make you aware that there was a spare room upstairs in Sue's house that she had emptied and stripped down to the floorboards as she was redecorating. It currently had no door. So that night... Lee started shouting in his sleep like he was in a pure state of fear for his life. It woke me as I was next to him in the bed, but I noticed he was still asleep as he was screaming. He was having a night terror. He has had these before in the past, but not for some time. I managed to wake him, but he was really freaked out. He told me he had woken up, but his body hadn't woken up, so he couldn't move. He said there was a figure at the foot of the bed, and as he realized he couldn't move, a primal sort of instinct kicked in to try and wake up, and the fear set in which he couldn't move. After calming him down and us taking a moment to process what had just happened, I now needed the loo. I quietly made my way into the landing. This is an upstairs hallway, as I'm not sure if you say the word landing in the U.S., and the spare room with no door was there. The spare room with no door that I mentioned earlier was immediately on the left of the room we were sleeping in. It was completely pitch black, and as I walked past, I instantly felt an intense dread take over, like an adrenaline rush. I didn't want to upset Lee or make a fuss, so I quickly went to the bathroom and returned to the bedroom, having to once again cross by that creepy room, and it's safe to say I did not sleep well that night either. In the morning, we apologized to Sue for possibly waking her up, but she said she didn't hear a thing, and neither did anyone else sleeping in the house. We thought this was strange, as Lee was shouting quite loudly. We then spoke to Bob at a way later date about our experiences that night, because he is very in touch with all things supernatural, and had the experiences at his place as well. As I mentioned earlier, he did used to live with Sue, so he knew the house well. That room, that creepy room without the door, used to be his home office, and he said a presence was always in that room with him. He almost said it without a care, like he was so used to that feeling of being watched, having a strong presence nearby. Those two nights may have not been connected at all, but it's creepy, and who knows? Thanks for reading, Becky and Lee. Creepy. I know. So I'm like... Bob is, whoever Bob is in the story, is very sensitive to all things. I don't know if things are following him around and are in, like, both locations that he was in or what is going on. But there's some, Bob's attracting some energies. I, um, <laughs> that that just seems like a, a it kind of reminded me of Insidious, where it's like they, they leave the house because she's like, it's haunted and I can't live here anymore. It's haunted. It's super haunted. It's scary and it's haunted and we have to go. And then they go to the next house and it's like, it's just as haunted. <laughs> it's just as bad. <laughs> like, Nothing changed. Like I know. It's so true. Going from one place to, that's haunted to another that's just as haunted. It's like, cool, cool, right. cool. I was thinking that too. Like Bob left like that place with the creepy home office, but now he has a little old lady switching his lights on and off. So... He can't escape. But the new ghost sounds nicer for what it's worth. We'll see. Yeah, maybe old ghost wasn't uh wasn't, you know, mean. Maybe it was just yeah, sort just of playing nosy with some lights. or <laughs> Yeah. Or really needs to see what's going on. Yeah. 
Because like a figure Man, standing at the end of your bed, that's not necessarily a negative thing. I mean, it's you not. know, you know, it doesn't feel great. I don't want to be watched while I sleep by a living person I, I or don't a dead person. See it? No. <laughs> but you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean it was negative or evil, but. I more feel for Becky in the situation. Like, it's horrible to have night terrors, and I'm sure Lee was totally freaked out, probably woke up sweating and in a panic. But to be Becky and have your husband, like, shaking and thrashing around in the bed and also saying, and there's somebody at the end of the bed, and you're like, okay, well. Okay, well, vacation ruined. (laughs) Yeah, this trip, let's just head on home. I'm done with this. I don't know. We'll ask Joe how he felt this morning when I woke him up talking out loud about donuts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At least it was about donuts. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is funny though. I literally, I even remember, I was like, thank you. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I was, yeah, sorry. And he was like, were you dreaming? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what are you dreaming about? And I was like, donuts. And then I ordered donuts when I woke up. Yes, you did. So that's I wish how you had been like, a baker's going. dozen, please. <laughs> I just wanted him to hear you say something Thank absurd. You. No. <laughs> oh man. Thank you guys. I will bleep out your yes. last name. <laughs> yeah, that she shouted. <laughs> she shouted out of excitement though. It was very sweet. She was like, Becky and Lee, we know them. <laughs> I'm really bad at that, actually. It's like, fine. especially when someone's like, I'm gonna tell the story, you know the person, but like we have to bleep it out. And I'm like, cool, is it Jessica? <laughs> they're like listen they're like, please please leave that out <laughs> oh my gosh it's so funny i'm the editor hey, li- look at me look at me <laughs> i'm the producer um. i say what stays and what goes <laughs> i'm the producer now <laughs> this next storyteller also wants to stay anonymous but wants to promote um house of Gigi, which is an organization Ooh. by and for black trans women and gender non-conforming people in the south love that yeah they create programs services and resources that positively impact the lives and visibility of transgender gender questioning and gender non-conforming people um, and I actually did some research. So I was like, what's House of Gigi? Gigi is short for Miss Major Griffin Gracie, who is a survivor of the Stonewall riots in New York City in 1969. And she continues to pioneer the LGBTQ movement to this day at 80 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So you can visit their website at houseofgg.org and there are places to donate. And there's even a, like a store if you wanted a piece of swag and all the proceeds will go to that organization. I mean, see you there, looking that up immediately, especially because yeah. it involves an 80-year-old activist. I know. Going strong. <sighs> I love old people. <laughs> <laughs> so this story is a little long, and it's fucking crazy. Ooh, I'm ready. Anonymous says, A few years ago, my ex-boyfriend's best friend bought a house, and we all moved in together, plus my dog. I tell this story all the time, and I don't honestly care if people believe me or not. Sometimes thinking back, I even ask myself, was that real? But it was. It started out small, like every once in a while I'd get this twinge of fear or discomfort when I was alone in the house. Then I started noticing my dog refused to go in the basement. Refused. The basement was unfinished and had rough walls and dirt floors in some parts because the house was just old. But that's where the laundry was. 
I noticed she would follow me to the first landing on the stairs and then sit or lie there watching me, but she would not for the life of her come down. I even tried feeding her down there once, coaxing her with treats. Nothing. One afternoon, my roommate and I were watching TV in the living room, and I started hearing some sounds like doors moving or floorboards creaking, and they just didn't sound right. But that's crazy, right? So I didn't say anything. Eventually, my roommate muted the TV and asked, Are you hearing that? It sounded so distinctly like there was a person in the house with us that when we went upstairs to look, he deadass stopped me on the stairs just to say to me, I just want you to know I have a gun in the house. Oh. What? There was nothing there. But, like, that's how sure they were that they were hearing oh, someone dang. upstairs. That he was like, I have a gun. Just so I have know. a gun. Like, we might need protection. <laughs> oh, my gosh. After a few weeks, the feeling of discomfort when alone in the house was very, very palpable. It was so uncomfortable to be there alone. One afternoon, again, I was sitting in the living room watching TV, except this time I was alone with my dog the stairways to my right my dog suddenly jumps up and is looking right up the stairs like she sees something and she starts barking and i try to quiet her down she calms down for a second but then keeps getting up and barking staring up the stairs walking up to the bottom of the stairs and then backing away and growling and repeat and repeat she is freaking me the fuck out yeah my heart is fully pounding and i need her to stop So I figure I will take her upstairs. I will show her there's nothing there so she calms down. Because there's nothing there, right? Because I'm alone in this house. So I kind of gently guide her up the stairs. And sure enough, there's nothing there. I decide I might as well tidy up my room while I'm up here. So I walk to the end of the hall and I flip on the light to my room. And the light bulb pops and sparks and goes the fuck out. So at this point, I'm like, okay. Oh, goodness. Either... Either there's something here and you can run away in fear, or there's something here and you can stay and show that you're not afraid, or you can calm the fuck down and stop being jumpy because this is just a weird coincidence. Like, those are the three options. So I decide to stay. I walk across the room and I start making the bed, and my pineal gland just starts screaming at me that there is something in the room with me. And the hair on the back of my neck rises, and my dog starts to growl in this dark room. And then, the blinds to my right snap up and start spinning. No. Which... I I don't know what I would do if that Leave happened. town. I would maybe just be paralyzed in fear. I don't know if I could move. Call the police. Yes. <laughs> Leave town. Um... I shit you not, I dropped everything, I turned around, I grabbed my dog and my bag, and I ran out of the house, and I did not come back until everyone else is home. But that's not even the worst. A few weeks later, I woke up dreaming in the middle of the night, sort of floating somewhere between awake and asleep, and in this lucid dream I think I'm having, a man in a suit comes out of the closet, walks across the room, and leans down over my ex-boyfriend's head like he's going to whisper something in his ear. Nope. In real life, my ex-boyfriend rolls over and pushes me a little and says, Babe, stop wiping stuff on my face. (gasps) No. Ashley, you have to stop (laughs) telling the story of losing it. (laughs) This is the worst part. The next morning, when we woke up, my ex said he had a strange lucid dream where someone came out of the closet 
and Whisper screamed in his ear, Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Are you happy now? Good gravy. Shut up. Say what you will, but this shit happened. It was a dark period in my life and my exes. I truly think that something in that house fed off of all of the pain and anger in us both that we were carrying around. And I think that genuinely gave whatever was there enough of its own energy to actually manifest itself. And then the last thing they say is, we moved. Yeah. (laughs) What a perfect way to end it. I was uh, literally going to ask. That was my first question. Did they get the hell out of there? Holy buckets, that was creepy. I can't. I, like, don't want to go on with the stories. I have goosebumps. That was so scary. I know. You have a problem with closets, too, so. I do, and I'm home alone, so I don't like this. I don't like that my husband is out of town when we're doing this episode. (laughs) I may sleep with- This was a bad idea. This was. I may sleep with a nightlight on tonight. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's creepy. That's so creepy. Um, I loved it though. That was good. Just watch Ted Lasso for the fourth time. Oh, honestly, I have watched it two and a half now. Actually, (laughs) no, we did finish the third time. I forgot. I thought maybe we didn't finish it for the third time, but before Alex left for China, we did watch it for a third time because we have a problem. But it's fine. Might do it again. Um, yeah, um, so thank you, that Anonymous. That story is terrifying. I'm glad that you got out of there safely. Um, yes. Yeah, stories like these and stories like mine that I told for Halloween about the thing in the trailer that, because I, I don't know, I feel like I need to practice what I preach or whatever. So many people are like, oh, I'm scared to, you know, move into this house and I'm scared of negative energies or like hauntings and i am always like you don't have anything to be afraid of like they can't hurt you and then i hear some stories that i'm like i don't know man yeah (laughs) maybe don't go in there i mean technically like did they get hurt no but that doesn't mean that they weren't terrified out of their mind it's like it's sort of a pain in a different way because you're Mm -hmm. so scared out of your mind then you don't sleep or feel at ease for like weeks it's sort of like how you can still be a victim of child abuse without ever actually having been like beaten yeah you know what i mean like you can still be a victim of child abuse if you have a parent that is like controlling to the point of like detriment or you know what i mean it's sort of manipulating you and you're feeling like emotional abuse yeah Yeah. so just because you're not physically harmed doesn't mean that you don't suffer from what's happening in your home if someone is aggressively whispering in your ear that (sighs) is still not okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that was a doozy well well moving on to my (laughs) My next country, we have Fernando from Mexico. Fernando. And he has a little interesting tale. This one is pretty short, but I think is a good good conversation piece. So Fernando writes, A few months back, I posted about my sleeping paralysis experiences on my Facebook and how different they were from what other people would describe as their own. So now, side note, here's a little summary of what his post said, because he sent me his Facebook post, but it was a little long. So the summary is, he said, I would feel a heavy feeling of fear or anger come over me right at that area between being like half awake and half asleep. That indeed paralyzed the body. 
but also sent a tingling sensation all over. I would feel as if I was being tugged or dragged along the floor, sort of like a fish trapped in a net trying to free itself. I would thrash around but still couldn't get anywhere. I couldn't speak or move my body, but I could slightly move my tongue, so I would try with all my might to lower my jaw to scream for help, but with no success. Sometimes the force felt like something I could dominate, and other times it was too strong and much scarier. So that was a little, that was a short version of what he had posted. So back to the email. Okay. So I posted my sleep paralysis story, as we just heard, and one person actually commented that my experience sounded more like an abduction to them. Something in it jumped out and said abduction, which is interesting. And I took it for what it was, but now something else just happened to me just the weekend after Christmas. I'm sure you will say it's BS, and I don't blame you because so would I. But I was watching some YouTube videos at 2 a.m. I was very emotional because the videos were about a band that I really loved when I was young, but I was not drunk or under the influence of any kind of drug. So at that emotional moment at 2 a.m., I got up and went to the bathroom. As I walked back, I felt weird and noticed that I was not wearing my glasses, which is strange because I didn't remember taking them off, and I'm blind as a bat without them. So I put on a spare set of glasses and started to look for them in the most obvious places with no luck. Since my apartment is very dark, I didn't notice at first that it was already daylight outside. It was 7 a.m. I went to my laptop laptop to check the internet history, and the last video seen was indeed at 2 a.m. as I remembered. I had no kind of bruises or markings that suggested I had passed out, so I was very confused. I went to bed after not being able to find my glasses, and the next morning I decided to look for them in other places that I had overlooked the night before, simply because I didn't spend any of my time in those rooms, like the living room, for example, where I did finally find them. I have a guitar resting in a guitar stand placed right in front of a big window in my living room. My glasses were sort of hidden in between the guitar and the wall beneath the window. They were laying on the floor. I didn't go in that room the night before, and also I live alone. So none of this makes any sense, and whatever it was, I still have no explanation for it. So, he had a huge loss of time just after somebody said, Hey dude, your story sounds like you might have been abducted. And that's just creepy. Uh, why did it remind me of that story that you told on, uh, I think, our first alien episode? The one where the girl went missing and her friends said that they like saw her body float out the window? Yes. You know oh, my gosh. About? I think of that one all the time. It took place in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Oof. It does sound like that. It's so bizarre. And it's like... It's just weird because it's consistent with that loss of time that we always hear about where he's like, it was just 2 a.m. And where are my glasses? And what is my life? And like, why are they by the front window? I know. It almost seems like they were able to like dematerialize his body to make him slide through the window. But his glasses got stuck. Right. (laughs) Which makes me giggle because I'm imagining the body go out and the glasses are just like click, clack. (laughs) I got to the floor. Which I'm sorry, Fernando, that's not funny. And I but I don't know what happened to you, but that is very bizarre. Yeah, that's very scary. I I know. That's scary on so many levels because you also are like, okay, do I have a neurological problem? Right. Like what's going on? 
I'm wondering if that's why he felt the need to point out that he felt emotional watching a YouTube video. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if he was trying to, like, play devil's advocate and be like, well, I was emotional. Like, maybe I went into a maybe weird I state, but it's like... disassociated oh. or something. I don't know. But yeah, usually but- you can at least recall after the fact. Right. You know. Yeah, that something had happened. Or, like, maybe he would have, like, physical markings of some Mm -hmm. sort, but I don't know. Which is also weird, because sometimes in other possible abduction stories that we've heard, people do have markings, and he did not. So then I just, I truly have no idea. But it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, that is strange. Thanks, Fernando Yeah, Fernando, thank you so much for sending in that story. Also, write us again. Tell us, like, where in Mexico. Are you in a populated area? Are you in, like, Mexico City? Or are you in, like, Ooh. somewhere less populated? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, send us where you are. And, I mean, I'll just email him. I don't have to just say this <laughs> over the air. But we'll find out where he's from. And maybe he has a little update, too. We'll see. Yeah. But thank you. Because um, I always wonder about that. Like, if, like, you know, if I was abducted, usually people who have abduction stories end up throughout their life having multiple. Like, they get abducted more than right. once. It's almost like they've been tagged. Like, they're a bird in the wild that gets, like, a tag on their foot. And they get caught For multiple sure. times. Um, and I wonder about that as a person who lived in Walnut Hill, Illinois, and had an experience where I had missing time that then moved to like North Hollywood, California in the middle of Los Angeles. And it's like, damn it. Like, how would they abduct me now? Yeah, there's no way. Would they take the chance? It seems dangerous. It's too condensed. Yeah. Can't risk it. I just can't go camping. No, please don't. (laughs) Our next story comes from Trent Piku. Trent is a longtime listener. He's been a good friend yeah. of the show for many years. Yeah, you recognize, recognize that, that name. name immediately. He's from Homa, Louisiana. And for anyone who's listening, that's like, I sent a story in years ago and I never heard it. Just talk to Trent. He sent this to us in June of 2019. <laughs> oh, shut up, really? Yes. Um, How did you even find it? We just sometimes, well, he had uh, reached out uh, later last year and mentioned oh, okay. the story. And I was like, oh, yeah, you, you know, did you send it in? He was like, I sent it in, like, scroll up. Um, and I scrolled up and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Because some stories, sometimes we save specific stories for specific topics that we are going to cover. Right. Sometimes they, you know, in the show just like never circles around to them, um, especially right. like the sleep episode that's been rumored to have been coming since season two. For years. Um, yeah. <laughs> or or they just never fit in right with the stories that we're telling but we do read them all we read all the stories that you send in um we love them all so please continue to send them in and when and if they fit into an episode they will be read on the episode yes um so yeah trent writes i was around eight years old when this happened it was time for me to lay down and go to sleep so my mom took me into my room to tuck me in every night before i go to sleep i would ask her to bring me a cold bottle of water She left, walked down the hallway, and turned right towards the kitchen and the rest of the house out of sight. For reference, in this section of the house, our hallway made an L shape, with my room being at the bottom end of the L. A room in the left corner of the L and a bathroom between my room and the one adjacent to mine. So laying in my bed, if I looked to my right, I could see straight down the hall. This is a nightmare to me. Just FYI. Like, what? 
hate it so much. I feel like my open bedroom door should face a blank wall. Yeah, look at absolutely nothing. I don't want to peer into the abyss. I watched TV while I waited, but not long after she walked off, something caught my eye. Now, sitting straight up in my bed, I watched as my mom came crawling slowly around the corner and towards my room. And I'm thinking... Okay, um, why are you crawling on the floor? (laughs) Seriously. Before she gets to my room, she crawls through the closed bathroom door, disappearing. Okay. What's up, Mom? What you doing? Not even five seconds later, my mom walks around the hallway corner with my water bottle and into my room to hand it to me. And then he wrote, WTF, Mother Dearest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She... (laughs) He said she had these pair of boxers slash sleep, sleep shorts. That's kind of hard to say. Boxers slash sleep shorts that she'd wear and an oversized shirt at night. And Crawler Mom was wearing the exact same thing as Walker Mom. And I asked her if she had just crawled around the corner and through the bathroom door. And, of course, she gave me a puzzled look and was like, no, must have been your imagination. And then I went to bed. I remember it so vividly, though. I asked her about it a few months back, and she says she remembered me asking her that when I was a kid. She was actually more creeped out now than she was back then. Oh, jeez. Um, oh. Yeah, so... What? The episode that I had been saving that for was Doppelgangers. Um, I just, oh. I kind of feel like, I don't know if there's enough info out there to do an entire episode on Doppelgangers, but... right. For anyone who doesn't know, in the realm of the supernatural, a doppelganger, um, which, which literally translates into double walker in German, um, but in folklore, it's considered to be like ghostly apparitions or entities that are sinister in nature. And the sight of one, whether it's your own or somebody else's, is considered to be a bad omen. Um, mm-hmm. For example, Abraham Lincoln famously reported to have told his wife about seeing his doppelganger before he was assassinated. Ah, yes. So I asked Trent today if he remembers anything bad or negative happening after he saw his mom, but he said he didn't recall anything bad happening, which is good. That is good, but still so weird. It's still so weird and so creepy, and I can't imagine, like, I'm just thinking of, like, my, like, watching Joe, like, sitting in here and, like, watching Joe crawl past the door. Like, even if, like, it was him, I would be like, that's the scariest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. I mean, there's so many horror movies where you see, like, somebody's body do that, where they, like, kind of contort and then crawl across the floor. And those, like, I have to look away during those scenes because it disturbs me so much. But if I were to see it in my reality, I don't know if I'd make it through the night. I don't think I would. That's so bad. The reason I went to Doppelganger instead of my usual, like, oh, it probably has to do with the time slip theory and seeing your mom do something she did yesterday is because she yeah. crawled on the floor and that just seems like something, like, she wouldn't do. Like, in what timeline is mama yeah, doing that in what, the hallway? Yeah. Well, in what future or past is my mom crawling through the halls? It, almost, it feels like that... Um, what was that Jordan Peele movie? Is it literally just called Us? Us? Yeah. Us. Yeah. It re- almost reminds me of that. Their doppelgangers are all like very creepy twisted crawly. and yeah, and creepy crawly. So it's like that is what I would think of where it's like their, yeah, their other form is crawling on the ground and doing weird shit in the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. But 
Because usually people oh. report like their doppelgangers is like they looked exactly like me, except it's like except yeah. they moved weird or except like like Abe Lincoln saw his in a reflection. Like he was looking in the mirror and he saw himself and then he saw a version of himself standing next to him that was like very pale and gaunt. Yeah. So it was like it was me. It looked yeah. just like me. And it's like no one looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right that's true no one in the world looks like abraham lincoln his own oh, father nice. didn't look like him so it's like it was me yeah. but it just looked a little off yeah something was different oh my goodness gracious so thank you trent for that creepy creepy yeah, tale. another nightmare i will have every door shut <laughs> in my house tonight watching ted lasso probably till 4 a.m that is what this has turned into Okay, my next story. We're in another country. We're in Australia, everybody. (laughs) We have Katie in Australia. Hi, Katie in Australia. Hello, Katie in Australia. And this story is a little different. It's sort of like a love note and a thank you note to me and Ashley. So sorry about it. it. It's going to get a little gooey. But also, um, it's like talking about Katie's experiences and how she came to realize that she has sensitivities, which I always feel like is kind of cool to hear like somebody's like starter story where they were saying like, I don't know if I believe in this stuff. Wait, yes, now I do. So I just wanted to read it. But I also just loved her email. So I'm doing the whole thing. Everybody hold on to your butts. Here we go. Do you have the courage to do your Australian dialect that you're really good at? You know what's hilarious is I was going <laughs> to save this until the end as a surprise, but her P.S. at the end of her email was, don't ever stop doing your Aussie accent because it's the highlight of my day. <laughs> so it's so funny that you're saying that because dear sweet Katie luckily wasn't offended by me and instead said she wants you me to continue. so hard. Here's the thing. That's why I said, do you have the courage? Because I don't have the courage. I don't. I'm not it's brave never enough. Been good. Go on. Good day, Ashley and Lauren. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> Good day, mate. Oh, gosh. Katie, thank you for supporting me in my terrible accent. Um, also, did you know that shrimp on the Barbie, like, they don't even say shrimp there. They say prawn. Oh, so it's so, all like, a lie. why would that be? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not even a real saying. Everyone's no. awful. Yeah. Okay. Katie writes... Dear Ashley and Lauren, I've been binge listening to your podcast for the last six months and loving everything you girls have to say so far. I'm from a rural town in New South Wales, Australia, and I don't have a lot of girlfriends here as I live out of town and I live with two guys, two fur boys, and mostly work with men, (laughs) which I love the term fur boys. I have started listening to all female-led podcasts to fill in that void in my life, and I've got to say that I am enjoying life so much more just hearing from all you fine ladies each week, which had to include that because I love that. Um, She says, I hope you're both really proud of what you've achieved and just wanted to say that especially in these trying times, it is wonderful that you're pushing through and keeping us entertained and sane. So thank you. It's nice to have something to look forward to at the end of my day. (laughs) And she continues on. 
<laughs> I grew up in a Christian household and still consider myself one similar similarly to how Lauren does. Needless to say, topics like sensitives, empaths, psychics, or anything paranormal made my folks really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So they were really anything that I felt was really brushed aside and never mentioned again. And just because we didn't talk about it didn't mean I did not experience it. I've had weird moments in my life that I've tried to explain away and erase from my mind to keep from going crazy. But now, having had heard your podcast, it's almost like vindicating some of the crazy stuff I've seen, and it's such a relief that I'm not the only weirdo out there. No, you're not, Katie. Nope. You're in good company. Good company. You found your people. I think your podcast has also made me a little braver in doing my own research and finding my own answers to things, too, which, yes, again, love that, support that. For starters, I remember telling my partner that my reaction times were getting too fast and that I was concerned I was going to get hurt one day soon because I didn't feel like I could control these reactions. For example, when you knock something off a shelf or a table, and before you've even turned around to see if you've knocked it down, your hand is already swung out and caught it perfectly before it moved barely an inch from its original position. Love it Sometimes, when I do that. I feel like a I know. superhero. Same. I'm like, I just had the most amazing superhero moment. (laughs) Um, She says, but honestly, sometimes it felt more like it was a need for my hand to be there before I even knocked it. Like my brain was already prepared to catch the thing that was about to fall. I had seen the scenario before it happened, and I knew when I heard the bumping sound, my hand needed to be in that exact position to catch. Is this a psychic thing? Question mark. Who knows? Then come the stories of my sensitivity coming in. One night seven years ago, I was driving home from my boyfriend's place at about 11.20 p.m. It was a 20-minute drive, so I knew I'd make it back just before midnight, and I didn't need to rush. I had barely left his apartment, maybe a two-minute's drive away, when I noticed something in my peripheral vision move. Just a slight motion, but enough to draw my attention to the rear-view mirror. My heart just about stopped as I locked eyes with a girl staring at me from the back seat. I nearly lost complete control of my car as I gasped and possibly said some rather loud curse words. She was sitting in the center seat, fully upright with good posture and staring dead at me with dark eyes. She was wearing an older style nightgown with curly blonde hair. The impression and energy I felt from her was anger. I was terrified and nearly drove off the road. I was scared to look away for fear of what she might do, but I knew I had to watch the road, so I pulled over as quickly as possible and turned on the cab light. As I fully turned around in my seat, she vanished. This all lasted probably less than a minute, but gosh, it scared the hell out of me. I had to be home by midnight, so I soaked up as much courage as the cab light would allow me and then drove the rest of the way home. I could sense her watching me again over the course of the drive and reappearing, flickering in and out like a hologram losing power. I finally had the good sense to flick the rearview mirror upward so I couldn't see anything happen behind me. I had that first experience seven years ago, and I've seen her two times since. They were very similar experiences, except they happened on completely different roads. I was actually listening to one of your episodes where you talked about bodies of water giving off enough energy to allow ghosts to appear. So I looked at Google Maps, and every one of those times I was driving, it was over an old creek or a riverbed. After the last encounter, I got in the habit of tilting the rearview mirror when I'm driving in the dark alone. Good call. I start work early at 5 a.m., so I'm consciously doing this routine five days a week when driving to work in the early hours of the morning. Before this experience, I didn't even believe in ghosts. I had brushed over strange happenings in the past, but now I was fully awake. I guess for want of a better term, I found my flashlight. 
I've since been awoken by screaming, only to find out that I was the only one who could hear it, even though my fully conscious husband was in the next room. I have felt someone get into bed with me on more than one occasion, feeling a body as solid as my own pressed up against mine and feeling hands on my limbs as convincing that I would reach for who I thought was my husband, only to find no one there. More than once, the body would push or shove me awake. I'd turn over ready to berate my husband for waking me before realizing I was alone. One Christmas day, I was sitting at the table talking with a friend when I felt a hand in the curve of my neck near my shoulder just lightly stroking in an intimate manner. I thought it was a little too much public display of affection from my husband, especially right in front of my friend, but it was Christmas so I didn't want to cause a fuss. That was until my husband sat down right in front of me and I could still feel the hand caressing me. I lost all color in my face and completely zoned out of the conversation we were having. Both my friend and husband who were sitting with me facing my direction stopped talking and asked if I was okay because I looked like I had seen a ghost. I quickly left the table and washed my face in some cold water to calm down. Somewhere in all of that I lost the feeling of the phantom hand and I thankfully haven't felt it since. Over the course of a week, I have heard a voice saying my name multiple times. The first few times I put it down to hearing things and imagining it, but the third and fourth time I interrupted the other people I was with from what they were saying to ask if they had been calling me, only to have them respond that they didn't call me and they hadn't even been talking. The fifth time I responded thinking it was my partner, but I realized he had already left for work and I was alone. The last time it happened, I was snuggling on my bed with my partner who was reading a book. I wanted to go to bed, but he just wanted to reach the end of the chapter first. I rested my eyes while waiting for him to finish so he could pull the covers back and crawl into bed. I was sleepy, but I know I was not asleep when I once again heard my name clear as day whispered into my ear. I responded to my partner, who was confused, of course, by my outburst. He replied that he hadn't said anything. We almost got in a fight about it because I thought he was messing with me, but he swears he didn't whisper my name in my ear that night. I told him about the random male voice calling my name all week, which I think freaked him out almost as much as it did me. I made him cuddle me until I fell asleep that night, and thankfully it hasn't happened since. And in case you were wondering, I do not have a history of mental health or schizophrenia, anything of that sort. This is the first and hopefully the last time I will hear that clear voice. I thought I would write in just a few of my experiences. Sorry, this is so long, but thank you for reading if you made it this far. Much love, Katie. And P.S. Don't ever stop trying to do your Aussie <laughs> accent. It's the highlight of my day. Thank thank you. No, wait. Good. I always have to say yeah, good day to get into it. Good day, mate. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> that was actually Sorry. really good. I don't think it was the worst. But it, it wasn't, wasn't the, the you know, it wasn't the best for sure, but it was It'll not never bad. be the best. Um, Katie, wow. Thank you, Katie. Yes. Wow, wow, We made a believer out of you. The universe really said, oh, you don't believe in the paranormal? (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Well, it actually seems like you're a very powerful psychic because a lot of times... I actually have a psychic story coming up and I have things to say about like how, you know, everyone is a psychic. Everyone's a medium. Everyone Mm -hmm. has the ability to channel, but... There are uh, the four clairs of intuition. There's clairaudience, which is hearing. There's clairvoyance, which is seeing. Claircognizance, which is knowing. And then clairsentience, which is recognizing feelings. And that's sort of when people feel the feelings of someone. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know that you said that the, the girl that you've seen a couple times looks angry. Now, do you get a feeling 
of anger or despair when you see her or because sometimes like the girl could just be an ancestor because our ancestors are with us all the time. Right. Yeah. And it could just be an ancestor like the the woman that I saw on my couch. And sometimes, you know, like it may look angry, but it could just be like, you know how old timey photos are just like, Meh. they didn't know to Meh. smile yeah. at a camera. So they just stared blankly. So yeah. that's very true. So it really Maybe could that's just, just be like, look. you know, like this is just who I am and how I live my life. Not necessarily like I am angry. But yeah, right. the, the Claire Cognizance sim- seems to be there, especially like feeling that feeling of it wasn't just a reflex. It was almost as right. if like I knew it was going to happen before I even bumped the table. Yeah, like she she said it happened several times. Mm-hmm. I cut down the email a little bit because it was a long story. But um, yeah, she had a couple of experiences where she would come home to her husband and be like, look. This is not just reaction times. This is happening on more than one occasion. And she even like hurt her hand once at work because she turned too quickly to like a pole or something falling at work and bumped her hand against it because it hadn't even fallen yet, but was about to. And she, it's like she got an injury because her mind told her way too soon to turn and catch something. So it sounds like there's definitely psychic activity there. Yeah. Claire audience, obviously, which is hearing and then Claire uh, voyance seeing. You saw the girl. So... And the pushing and the stroking, I know that it's scary. One, according to Amy Goldenberg, who is sort of like the resident expert that we go to, you uh-huh. can out loud ask, please don't touch me. Right, if, if, and they should if stop. If that bothers you, then they will respect you and they won't touch you. But it does seem to me like the pushing, the stroking, things like that, it always seems to me like they're trying to get your attention. Yeah. They want a response out mm-hmm. of you almost. Like, am I welcome here? How do you feel about this? Yeah, especially if you have with me? a clear audience. If you if you hear things, a lot of times you'll get a ringing in your ear. And yeah. if you have clear audience, you know that when you get that ringing in your ear to stop what you are doing and just clear your, like, listen. Because that could be something trying to get your attention. So I think a push or a stroke or something is like that too. Like just something trying to get your attention to tell you something. Um, Not intentionally trying to freak you out. Yeah, I'm sure they're not there trying to scare her or harm her in any way. They're just like, hey, I see that you're hearing me. So I'm going to keep communicating with you because Mm -hmm. maybe you're going to be like my way in. But... Yeah, like Ashley said, obviously, if it's bothersome and it's keeping you and now maybe your husband awake, too, if it's going to freak you guys out, you could just say, cut it out, quit, (laughs) ask them to stop very nicely, as Amy would, and I'm sure they will leave you alone. I don't think Amy doesn't sound like she had ever had an experience where something didn't listen to her. If she asked it to go away, it seemed like it vanished, so... Yeah, and the thing is, is you can even say, like, please don't touch me if you have something that you would like me to know or something that you would like me to, if you would like to say, like, maybe show me this way. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried yeah. something like automatic writing might be cool. Ooh, where, yeah. Yeah, because you obviously have something and automatic writing, I can send you, like, links to, like, how to do it. But essentially, you just, like, very loosely hold a marker or a pen or a pencil or something and See just they have a message. move your hand around and just, like, not – basically don't even pay attention to it and just see if something guides your hand to write something. 
Ooh, that would be amazing. Yeah, and that might be scary because you don't want to get touched. So maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe you could, you know, try like a yes or no game with the flashlight, which Lauren and I have done before. Like you can try and do something where it's like, just don't touch me. Like if you have a message for me, write it on the wall or something. (laughs) Right, let's find another way. Just don't touch me because that creeps me. Yeah, can you stop touching my neck, please, at Christmas dinner? That would be great. (laughs) I'm sure they'll understand. Yeah, that's amazing. I know. Katie, like, really has some experiences. And I'm just happy to hear, Katie, that you're opening up to that now and understanding that it isn't wrong. Because as you said, like, there, there are a lot of us who have maybe been raised in a more religious household or tried to hold on to our Christianity, but those things just don't necessarily come into the conversation or people try to shut it down or dismiss it. But I love that you're coming into your own and you're doing your own research and figuring it out because that's what's important for you and that's what's going to get you to a good place. So get it, girl. It turned to me and it had no face. A twisted human figure crawling like a spider. And then all we hear is the creaking of that door. I dismissed it as a dream. You know when you can just feel something is hovering right behind you. They could see us, but we couldn't see them. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. I'm Sapphire Sindalo. As a Filipino-American who's been obsessed with the supernatural my entire life, I've always been disappointed by the lack of diversity in the paranormal community. So I created Stories with Sapphire, an award-winning podcast that is on a mission to share more multicultural stories about ghosts, folklore, and spirituality from an empathetic point of view. Even if you're not a believer, I hope my show inspires you to look at the world a little differently. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And in between those weeks, I release a spooky animated video on my YouTube channel. Head over to storieswithsapphire.com for more information. That's Sapphire, S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E. Salamat and good night. So I'll tell my psychic story then, So since we're on the same uh, Always path. on the same page. This story is another one sent in many moons ago. I just adore this story. This was sent in by Sienna Bridges. Yes. It's also a very another good friend familiar. of the show, a longtime listener, all-around super cool chick from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So Sienna writes, I'm from Willard, Missouri, just outside of Springfield, Missouri. During the fall of 2018, the north side of Springfield, more specifically Commercial Street, was having a haunting tour. Now, Commercial Street is like the oldest part of town, so it's filled with lots of good history and ghost stories. We started with a silent supper. P.S. I need to know what a silent supper is. Yeah, what? It just sounds like a spooky, spooky dinner, but I want to know. Should we have a silent supper? (laughs) (laughs) We started with a silent supper and then moved to a different room in the building to have a seance. During the silent supper, everyone got a card that each individual filled out with information about the spirit of the person he or she wished to contact, which we put in a big bowl once it was filled out. After the silent supper, we entered the seance room, and a Springfield Paranormal Investigation Group is in the room with us. They have a strobe light kind of deal, some kind of box that speaks words, the two sticks that a person holds that will cross or move away from each other, um, and then parentheses, she said, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten what all these devices are called, and (laughs) makeshift pendulums for all participants. This is Ashley now. The box that speaks words is probably a ghost box, and the two sticks are dowsing rods for anyone who wants to look into those things get a ghost box they're fun ghost box are great 
The paranormal group teaches us all about um, all of their devices, and we practice with the pendulums. And at this time, the speaking box is saying different words, and at one point it said a name. I later found out that the name that was spoken by the box was the name of a person who had passed away quite recently. A coroner was participating in the activities and was not able to disclose much information due to HIPAA regulations. Now to my crazy experience at the seance. I did not know most of the people at the seance. I knew three people probably out of maybe 30. We were all sitting in a circle and the fellow leading the group at this time asked me to actively participate in the next activity. I got up in front of everyone and he handed me a card, one of the ones everyone had filled out earlier. I was told not to look at the filled out part of the card. And the activity was that I would get a sign leading me to the owner of the card. And I looked at everyone around the circle for a few seconds each with directions from the leader. So we started with the left side of the circle, which happened to be the people I knew. Nothing. Got a little further around the circle, nothing. Halfway around the circle, nothing. A few people later, I was looking into the eyes of a middle-aged lady that I had only seen at this event when I felt the card vibrate in my hand. It vibrated just like a cell phone would, like a steady but strong vibration, and there was no denying it. She was the one who the card belonged to. It made me jump. I made it through the rest of the circle just to be sure the card that didn't vibrate at me again. And when we finished, the fella asked me to guess who the card belonged to. And without hesitation, I explained that I knew it was that lady's because the card vibrated in my hand when I looked at her. I turned the card over and read the name, which was indeed this lady's name. I studied the card on both sides to make sure there was no kind of device manipulating the vibrations on the card, which there was not. It was a weird and thrilling experience. And that's my story. I hope you liked it. Keep up the awesome work and know that I love, love, love your podcast. Oh, thank, thank you, you Sienna. Sienna. And also creepy. I know. My goodness. How did it vibrate? How did it know? Well, and this reminds me of a time I was at a coven meeting. Did I ever tell you about the box, the coven meeting where we like passed around the box? Did I tell that you story? You did. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so. I actually, during the story, was thinking, I feel like I've heard something similar to this and you just pinpointed it. Yeah. So, yes, tell it. Uh, basically, I used to attend community coven meetings at a local shop called the Mystic Museum. It was awesome. I highly recommend anyone visiting L.A. or living in L.A. check out the store in Burbank. And we did an activity once where a box was passed around the group and we were supposed to hold it and get impressions from the box and see if we could guess what was inside. And when it was my turn to hold the box, I remember trying to guess in my mind what could be inside due to like size and weight. And then I was like, wait, just shut up. <laughs> hold the box and just see what happens so I cleared my mind completely and I held the box and all of a sudden I felt a heartbeat in my fingers and I thought maybe it was my own heartbeat but it was like so distinct and then I smelled something it reminded me of no tears shampoo like baby shampoo Uh so I thought heartbeat baby shampoo maybe it's a pregnancy test I thought someone was like in a clever way announcing their pregnancy so oh I was like, gosh. this is so cute. Um, but it turns out it was actually a piece of mourning jewelry. It was a necklace woven out of human hair. And nothing was known about the piece, but the hair was very fine, like a child's hair. 
So mm-hmm. to me, I thought, oh, heartbeat, maybe that was significant of a person or DNA and the shampoo, obviously hair. So right. I was wrong about the object, but I was also really surprised at the feelings I got about what was in the box without having any idea. Seriously, that you could get all of those senses and mm-hmm. say, like, I can smell the shampoo. I can feel the heartbeat. Like you, even though you were wrong, you were still right in yeah. so many ways. Like you were still connecting to a human and hair and... It's just, it's crazy that that that, that energy can pulse through. Yeah, I still got a distinct, like, feeling of something that was in there. But by, like, it was like my my conscious brain then took over and was like, ooh, maybe pregnancy test? Maybe it's a baby. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed (laughs) to, like, maybe if I just sat there longer and, like, didn't let my conscious self butt in to, like, give their opinion. I might have gotten it right, but... That's something, this is a topic I'm always thrilled to talk about because I love discussing the aspects of our human body and the abilities that like we possess that honestly we may not even, they, they're they probably not even paranormal is the thing. Is that like yeah. when uh, people like Katie who are, you know, I was raised Christian and we weren't taught this or to the extreme, like we were taught that this was witchcraft and this was evil. It's like, it probably isn't even supernatural. It's probably just right. something... Just like how animals have sixth and seventh senses that Mm -hmm. we don't have. Like, we probably just have these abilities. We just don't know how to unlock them. Yeah, Because maybe we haven't needed them. I mean, I feel like Amy says that every time we talk to her. She's like, I feel that many people have the same abilities as I do, but they just haven't unlocked them and they're not giving in to those sensations and feelings that they have. So it seems that anyone could really be a medium if they were able to open their mind to that side. And I I mean, how you do that, I have no idea. Or if you just like, you have to let something go inside of you. But I, I do believe that. I think everybody has the ability to see and feel those things, but we just, we're not even looking for them. Yeah. We're not... Our minds well, we don't recognize them. Yet. You know, we might think yeah, we like, oh, we just, see. I just have a good imagination and like these weird things just pop into my head. It's like, maybe they don't. Maybe like, right. maybe you're receiving messages and you just assume that from yourself. Um, totally. And just like, you know, Amy, Amy is like the pilot that has 2020 vision where it's mm-hmm. like, or 20, I don't know, what's the even better vision than 2020? I think you can, I don't know. I know nothing because like my vision is so fucking 2050? horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My vision's so bad. But that's the thing is that some people, like Joe, Joe's sense of smell is insane. You could like peel a grapefruit three rooms away and he'd be like, is that grapefruit? So <laughs> like <laughs> some people just have really good hearing some people just have a really great sense of smell and some people have a sixth sense or whatever that's stronger than others totally better flashlight exactly anyways yes i know i did love that okay is this the last last story story? yeah all right we are traveling to ireland everybody oh wait Uh, what's my quote i was saying oh yes oh saints preserve us It goes back to like season one. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're headed to Ireland. This is actually a Reddit user that I messaged like 
probably a year ago. I'm not even kidding. And she just logged on like an hour ago. An hour ago. Who am I? She just (laughs) logged on like a day ago and confirmed that I could read the story because I had asked for her permission. And I've always really liked her story, but was like, no, I'm not going to be an asshole and read it without her permission. Even if it was anonymous, I would have felt guilty. So she finally got back to me and was like, I completely forgot about my Reddit profile. Of course, (laughs) you can read my story. I would be honored. So her username is the Irish Gay Girl, Ooh, which I love. Love that. I know, just a fun name on Reddit. Gave me permission finally, and she said she's actually probably going to start posting more now that she remembers she's a Reddit user. So here we go. She says, "I was at a friend's house, and we were having a sleepover. It was about three a.m., and as you do, we were still up talking shit. Her parents had gone to a friend's wedding for the week, so it was just us." She was lying on her bed, and I was on the floor on a blow-up mattress. All the windows, doors, curtains, everything was closed, and as we were talking, we started to hear pounding that sounded like heavy footsteps on the stairs. We stopped talking once we heard the first step, and we just listened. We were looking at each other really nervous, because even though the front door was locked, and so were all the windows, and we were the only ones in the house, we just really thought someone had somehow broken in. My friend was petrified curled in the corner of her bed, and I sat straight up. As soon as the footsteps came to the landing, this is when I most started to panic, but my fight mode was on. I stood up in case it happened to be an intruder, but then the footsteps stopped. Throughout the whole thing, we were just completely quiet and staring at each other. Then, we saw the handle of her bedroom door move, and I grabbed a hairbrush from her counter to beat the ass of whoever was in the house. I wasn't even thinking it was a spirit at all, because I had never experienced this in her home before, but I had had experiences other places. But the door opened, and no one was there. There were no sounds of movement, no nothing. So I decided to go out and look. There was nothing. Checked the other rooms, no one. Checked the windows, everything was locked, and just as I was walking from the bathroom to the end of the hall, I saw something that looked like gray smoke. It looked like a rain cloud of sorts, just sort of hovering at the wall right before my friend's bedroom door. I stood there staring at it, trying to figure out if it was a trick of my eye, but as soon as I walked towards it, it shot into my friend's room, and I hear a blood-curdling scream. It was so loud that she started to cry. I ran into her room as fast as I possibly could, and she was white as a sheet, shaking like a leaf, and I asked her if she was okay and what had happened. A few minutes later, after she had finally calmed down, She said she had seen a rain cloud type mist shoot into her room straight past her and into the wall. She was freaking out so much I had to sleep in her bed with her the entire night. The next night, we heard the exact same footsteps on the stairs, up and down and up to the landing. This went on for hours and my friend was petrified the entire time. And since I had seen a spirit once or twice before, I wasn't that scared. And now I had seen things like this before, but this was her very first time, so I felt like I needed to comfort her. I was only supposed to stay for the weekend, but I ended up staying the entire week that her parents were away. And every single night, same thing, at 3 a.m. But every single night, we heard the footsteps up and down the stairs, and only the first night did we get the doorknob. The only reason we were still up at 3 a.m. every night was because my friend was so scared she actually was refusing to sleep, which was so sad. So fast forward to her parents coming home. She was freaking out, crying, telling her parents what had happened throughout the week. Now her dad was all into that type of thing and was also an antique and rare book collector. So he was really interested in even making jokes, which my friend was not happy about because she was so afraid. 
Anyway, the day before her dad had left, he had bought these old copper gold shot glasses and was planning on selling them on eBay. And I shit you not, the exact day that he sold those shot glasses, everything stopped in the house and went completely back to normal. No footsteps, no clouds, no walking to the landing, nothing. So I'm assuming a spirit had attached itself to these objects, and I don't envy the poor fucker who bought them. P.S. My friend has never been the same, even though they've moved to a different house. She is still terrified, which is very sad for the friend, but oh shit, haunted shot glasses. Um, first of all, the whole, like, the first line was like, oh, we're at a sleepover, and we're still up at 3 a.m. talking shit. I was like, I'm glad to know sleepovers are the same everywhere. Yes, even in Ireland, it's staying up late talking shit. Talking shit. Yeah, we've we've all experienced those. And even like Ashley and I as young 20-somethings, like I feel like many people here sleep over and think of like teenagers, but we were we were in our 20s having 3 a.m. <laughs> talks over cheese dip at your house. So yeah, it's the same. We were trash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people say, you know, 3 a.m. is the witching hour that has to be demonic, especially blah, 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 right. blah. I don't think that's necessarily true. One, I don't know if I believe in demons, but it could have been the ritual of the person. Honestly, like <gasps> the reason that the door and everything didn't happen after that, it could have been that this like thing felt bad. Yeah, it was like I really oh, shit. scared I this girl. Really scared her, and I did. She's crying so like, hard. I don't even know where I am. I'm trying to figure this shit out. Like, <laughs> I thought this was my room. Thought this so was I my went room. In, but it's like, not. this is my shit. Like, I always walk up and down the stairs at 3 a.m. That's just what I do. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think that it was demonic, especially because. It didn't do the door any other night. It honestly sounded like somebody was just walking around almost looking for where they were supposed to be. Maybe they got turned around and confused. I don't think they were out to hurt them. But uh, what I think is weird is the gray mist that they saw. And it's because what really struck it with me is because I feel like I have seen gray clouds before but i always think i'm in a little bit of a sleep state when i see them so i dismiss them but now that she's said this my mind is going crazy of like wait a second when was i seeing those gray clouds was i actually more awake than i thought is this real so i don't know if you've ever experienced that or if any of our listeners have a similar story but i want to know so much more about gray floating clouds that you might see in a house i don't know yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that would be sort of like like if you had flash photography if and you tried to take a picture of that gray floating cloud, if what you would get is an orb. Right. Like, you would an I mean? orb show up in the picture? Would there be like yeah. a blur or would it completely not show up? I'm very curious because, yeah, I've only seen them at night, so I've truly always dismissed them. It's like if I'm going to get a cup of water or going to the bathroom or... I don't know, like walking to turn off a light. It has always been late at night. So like even though things that go bump in the night freak me out, the floating cloud has never. Because I'm like, it's a trick of the eye. It's nothing. But And even she said that in the story. She's like, I think my eyes are just messing with me. Yeah. But when she saw it fly into her friend's room well, when two and she immediately screamed, it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, oh shit. And I actually will have to dig through my emails and see because Ryan – Diddy, my friend that I referenced at the beginning, I remember him saying his dad had a story about 
maybe seeing something like a cloud or something floating above his bed. And I feel like he emailed it to me. So I have to see if I can find that because this is like a whole nother level that we've never talked about. Yeah, I want to know more about this. I mean, it could simply be, you know, if we're talking about ghosts and we ghosts for whatever reason, maybe ghosts are not dead people. Maybe they are interdimensional beings. It's like maybe they're a cloud beings. Right. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. That there could be cloud it's beings. It's like a different species. Where it's like there's shadow people, Ooh. that's one sort of interdimensional being. There's cloud people, mm-hmm. lizard people. We know they're real. <laughs> Don't ever forget the lizard karma. people. <laughs> oh, that's so true. But thank you, Irish gay girl. Yes, thank you so much. That fucking ruled. Yeah, that was so we, good. I want to learn everything I can about these dark gray cloud creatures i know same Um, she's like introducing us to a whole new thing well that's all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much for listening to our show i don't know what the next episode is going to be we really didn't i don't know if we mentioned that our hiatus was bad um (laughs) (laughs) give us a second to jump back into this guys it might be Um, a minute we'll we'll figure it it out together if you want to keep tabs on us and what our upcoming episodes are and participate in fun contests and support our show, follow us on social media at Keep It Weird Cast across all platforms. Join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Keep It Weird Podcast and you'll get two bonus episodes every month. Ah, I forgot to talk about that. I'll have to talk about that at the top of um, next week's episode. Yes. Um, we now have two bonus episodes a month and a newsletter and discounts on merch. Um, and if you want to keep it weird t-shirt or hoodie or sweatpants, head over to etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast and grab you one. I believe we're going to have some new stuff in our shop next week or maybe in the next few weeks, you know, follow us on social media for updates on that as well. (laughs) Um, what's our sign off? What's our advice right now? Just keep your head above water. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like keep... (laughs) Keep fighting. Keep stay treading afloat. water, man. Yeah. Honestly, like, not even fighting, because sometimes we're too exhausted to fight. Keep treading water is better. Yeah. Try to stay afloat. And fuck cancer also. Yeah, also that. Just fuck. It just has to be thrown in, because fuck it all. Seriously. But, you know, as much as we are, like, fuck it all, fuck everything, like, life sucks, like, for real, just, like, keep your head above water until yes. you can... Someone, so, someone's coming. Someone's coming for you, and someone's we're with you. Help. We love you. We yeah. got you. And keep it weird. And keep it weird. Uh.